Welcome. I am your host, Christine, and this is a Self-Esteem Truths Podcast, a podcast about discovering the truth about who we are, why we struggle, and how we can overcome. This podcast is designed to help you transform your life as we dive weekly into new questions about self-esteem truths. Hi, I'm your host, Christine. I am a confidence coach and motivational speaker, and this is episode 117. Today, I want to talk to you about your perspective, because your perspective might just be killing your self-esteem. I want you to consider your decision-making process. You take the information that you have, you take your best guesses in areas where you don't have information, and then you decide usually the safest course of action. So if there's a situation where maybe somebody hasn't returned your call or your email, you're going to make a little bit of an assumption typically about why that might be happening. And human minds, we typically make the worst case kind of assumption. They didn't like our proposal. They don't want to talk to us. They don't like us. They found somebody better to do the job. And then we make the safe decision based on that assumption. I'm not going to bother them again. I don't want to reach out and seem too needy. Now, there's another area where you probably do this, and it probably affects your life way more than you realize, and that's your perception of past experiences. Not just what's happening to you right now, but what did happen to you and why it happened. I get into this a bit in my book, Break the Cycle with Your Mother, because it's so important to how you're making decisions now, how you're seeing yourself now, and the current state of your self-esteem. As children, we rarely know the driving factors behind our parents' decision-making. Sure, you might know that dad was a drunk, but do you know why he turned to alcohol in the first place? Yeah, maybe he was really, really hard on you, but was he significantly better than his own father was? We don't often know these things as kids. What about mom? Was she critiquing you at every possible turn? But maybe she was trying to make sure you could succeed where she failed. I'm not saying that they did it right. But right now, whether or not they could have done it better isn't really the issue. Because you are not their little child anymore. You are a grown-up making your own decisions in charge of your own life. And what matters now is the perspective in which you view those circumstances. You see, if you think mom and dad just hated you, or you were a mistake, or they never thought you could do anything right, or they wished you were more like your sibling, or whatever the case may be, a part of you is going to hang on to that story and continue to view you and your life through that lens. You may very likely be putting the same assumptions that you have on your parents onto your current experiences. You believe your dad thought you were a screw-up? When you go into this job interview, you're going in with the belief somewhere in you that the interviewer is going to think the same thing. Your mom never had time for you? You're probably taking that same assumption into your marriage and taking it very personal if your spouse wants to do anything with their own family or a friend or by themselves because it's going to feel like, here you go again, they never have time for you. Now, a response I hear a lot from clients when I talk about assumptions around their parents' behavior is that they didn't have to make assumptions. Their parents told them, I don't love you. I think you're a screw-up. You were a mistake. 
And I am not in the habit or business of trying to convince people that the things that happened didn't happen. If your parents said that to you or some variation of that to you, then yes, they said it. And, and I am suggesting that there was a lot of trauma and hurt and personal pain behind your parent making the decision to say something like that to you. I am saying that if they were in a healthier place, those words would never have left their lips. I'm suggesting that for some of you at least, if your parents have gotten some help and you had a conversation with them about this, they highly regret it and can't imagine what would have ever caused them to say something like that to you. I personally have had the experience with my own mother where she has shared her fears and her pain from when I was a child. And I can tell you from experience that when parents are parenting from a place of pain, the biggest thing their children experience is the same pain the parents are trying to protect their children from. So I want to help you shift your perspective here. We're not changing what happened. What happened is in the past. It's gone. It's done. You are not that child anymore. But we can do something about your perspective around it. You see, if you are still telling yourself today that you're worthless, you're a mistake, you're a screw-up, you're not good enough, nobody's going to want you or love you or like you, your perspective is killing your self-esteem and destroying any potential happy future you could have. This is something you absolutely can do something about. We do that by shifting your perspective and the story you're telling yourself. For me, my story was, I didn't matter. That was my perspective. And I had to shift that to get to a place where I could believe that I did matter. And I had to get there before I could do the types of things that matter in other people's lives. Maybe the story you tell yourself is something like, If the one person who is supposed to love you unconditionally, your own mother, couldn't like you, want you, love you, think highly of you, then how could anybody else? Is that resonating with you? Let's change the perspective. How hurt and broken and misguided must your mother have been to give you that kind of message? What struggles was she fighting? What mental illness was she living with? What was the past she was running from? Now, this isn't her story and it's not about her. However, it's important to look at this to see where the message is coming from. I'm going to give you a funny little story to help you wrap your head around this idea. Imagine you're visiting a beautiful botanical garden, and this botanical garden has their own honeybees and beehives. And they're very proud of this fact. And you're walking up, about to enter, and somebody comes running out. And they're hysterical, and they're waving their arms frantically, and they're screaming at everyone approaching this botanical garden. Run for your lives! These people are sadistic! It's a murder house in there! Don't go in there! Whatever you do, they want to kill you! That would be really alarming, right? You'd probably stop in your tracks. You might even go back to your car. A botanical garden should be a very safe, peaceful place. But this person's clearly telling you, you're going to get killed. These people want you dead. Now let's imagine some people standing outside with you call the cops 
and somebody else calls a local news network. And pretty soon there are police cars and news vans all around this place. And this man is still warning everybody of the dangers entering this place. He is very clearly letting you all know there are murderers inside and they want you dead. This could be one of the most horrifying experiences of your life, your near-death experience. And then it comes out that this man is allergic to bees and shouldn't have been in there and didn't even get stung and the bees aren't going to hurt anybody else. But for whatever reason, whatever this man is dealing with, this was his reaction. Would you still take him seriously? Would you still stay away from the botanical garden? Would you give a statement to the police, put yourself on TV talking about your near-death experience with this horrific place? Or would you go, oh my gosh, why did he make such a big deal out of this? We're not allergic to bees. We're fine. And even if we were, it doesn't make them all these labels that he just put on this place. And would you go in and have a beautiful time and not be afraid of the botanical garden? It sounds so silly when I put it like this. However, this is what we all do when someone who's hurting or angry or mentally ill tells us something especially if they are somebody who we think we should matter to. A parent, a coach, a teacher, a grandparent, a best friend, a spouse. You forget to check your perspective. It stops at, there's somebody important. Now, if I changed that story about the bees and said, it was your dad acting like that, or your spouse, or your brother, or your boss acting like that, would it then make you say, it doesn't matter what the facts are, obviously, my significant person is correct, these are clearly sadistic murderers, and we all need to burn the botanical garden down? Or would you be able to say, wow, this person I love is really going through something here because what they are saying is not correct, and I know I'm safe in the botanical garden, and I also know this person I care about needs some help, and I cannot blindly accept anything they say to me. It's real easy to know the right way to view this when we put it in a context outside of ourselves. And I'm inviting you to use this example and do the same thing with the internal stuff. Who is giving you the message? What pain point or fear base are they speaking from? What personal experience are they viewing this through? Because if we could pull the layers back from all the horrible things that have been said and done to you, we're going to find at the core that person's pain point that they're using as a reference, a worse experience that they had that makes them think what they're doing to you is not that bad, a mental illness, a projection of their own worst thoughts about themselves, or something similar to that. It's not going to actually be about you. In that example I gave, that man wasn't running out to a busload of people who he knew for a fact all had severe bee allergies. That would have made a little bit of sense. He was talking to random people in the parking lot who did not have bee allergies. He did not need to be projecting his fear and his assumption of this place onto everybody else in that parking lot. Our job as adults is to look back on those experiences that we are getting our perceptions of ourselves from and determine what was helpful and true and what has everything to say about where that person was coming from and had nothing to say about you. Because as an adult, 
what we tend to do is to become our own abusers, our own bully, our own worst critic. We take all of those negative messages that have been given to us and we just play them on a loop. And the people that originally gave us the message are not responsible for you stopping it. You're responsible for stopping it. Just like if a parent had gifted you a CD, it's your responsibility how many times you play it or if you throw it away. It's not theirs. It belongs to you. You decide what you do with it. Your self-esteem will be in a much better place when you learn to take a look at your perspective and the story you're telling yourself about your experiences, both past and present, and separate out the assumptions and the story you're telling yourself that makes it all about you and recognize what's about them and let it go. See that man in the example, the silly story to help you remember all of this. He was talking from a place of fear, right? If he had simply said, I have a bee allergy, I can't go in there. You would have been like, okay, cool, man, stay out here. I'm going in. I don't have a bee allergy. But because his reaction was so fueled by fear, it was a heightened reaction. There was yelling and arm waving and lots of people got involved and lots of people got scared. You can't pay attention to the theatrics around the message. What's the message? Ah, yeah, dad was really hurting. That's the message. How he delivered it? Not about me. Ah, yes, mom was really afraid I was going to fail in the ways she failed. Not about me. That's her fear about her own story. Now I get it. Just because the message is not about you doesn't mean the delivery doesn't hurt. It doesn't mean that wasn't a really messed up way to give you that message. What it does mean is that you don't need to keep hurting yourself by replaying how they delivered it and ignoring what the actual message was. Your goal this week is to separate out the assumptions and the story you've written around some of your experiences and stop making it about you. Stop allowing it to play on repeat in your head, telling you something negative about yourself. Stop allowing it to affect your decisions because you're afraid the people in your life now are going to have the same reaction as these hurt people did in the past. Let's walk this out real quick. Let's go back to that botanical garden. You were there the day the man freaked out about the bees and the news van showed up and the police car showed up. You were there. You witnessed that. And now 10 years has passed and your daughter wants to go to the botanical garden. Are you going to repeat to her, oh no, this one guy told me one time that that's a horrible murder house. They want to kill us. We can't go there. And then refuse to take her? Or would you say, sure, honey, we can go. By the way, on the drive, I have a story to tell you about another time that I went to the botanical garden. Do you see how it sounds when we put it in a situation outside of ourselves? It's easy. It's obvious. You can do this too. Change the story you tell yourself to the correct version that's about their pain and their experience, and you move forward through your life more confidently, knowing exactly who you are and what you're capable of, because you've got this. Thanks for tuning in this week. As always, it's such a pleasure showing up here for you guys and sharing these self-esteem truths with you. I look forward to talking to you next week. Bye.